What is up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform, being Twitter at Deep Dive FF or on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Also, if you are looking for more Dynasty content from me, join me and the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and wherever you enjoy your podcasts where we dive deep into all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we are going to be going over... Real quick, some guys that I've moved around and adjusted because of the preseason or just any news that's come out recently. Then we're going to talk about my wide receivers, probably go over my, uh, I don't know, we'll we'll see how long it takes, maybe like top 20 if we can get there, maybe top 24. And after that, we will get into a quick mock draft from the three spot today, which is one of my favorite spots to draft from, and you will see why. With that said, let's get into it. Elijah Moore is somebody that I've adjusted around a little bit. I, I see that they're using him with some like jet sweeps, some type of you know little rushes here and there. I didn't project him for any rushing yards. Usually for wide receivers, I don't project them for rushing yards unless I'm expecting them to get over 100. Based off how I'm seeing them use Elijah Moore, I do think he might get maybe two carries a game and you know two, three carries a game. And if he's getting that kind of usage, then it's worth projecting. So I added that into his projection. I also bumped up his target share a little bit, knocked down Donovan Peoples-Jones' target share a little bit, and that resulted in Elijah Moore being going up to my wide receiver 47 and Donovan Peoples-Jones' wide receiver 48. Elijah Moore is somebody later that I do like to take a shot at um, if you're looking for some upside and a possible sleeper at the wide receiver position. Mike Evans, I moved up to wide receiver 28. Seeing Baker Mayfield work in the preseason and seeing more and more training camp videos and doing a little bit more research into his accuracy on the deep ball, I'm a little bit more um, optimistic and positive that Mike Evans will be pretty decently efficient on the deep ball and, and going deep, and he looks really good, and he's in really good shape. So I'm not as concerned anymore on that, so I did bump up his efficiency a little bit and I gave him two two more touchdowns I had him at six I moved him up to eight touchdowns um, and I bumped Baker Mayfield's touchdown rate a little bit that's what created the availability of more touchdowns in the offense that I then gave to Mike Evans Um, and that's just because what I've seen from both of them and how Baker's looking now I don't think he's going to be you know great or anything like that Baker Mayfield's still like quarterback 30 for me in my rankings however I do have Mike Evans now at wide receiver 28. He was at about like 33. So, and, you know, he only bumped up a couple points, but it makes a big difference because he was in the bottom of his tier and now he's towards the top of his tier. Zay Flowers, I moved up to wide receiver 34. I just bumped up his efficiency a little bit, seeing how just ridiculous this guy is at getting open, how he just makes defenders look silly and he looks like he's going to be a guy that can hold up. You know, Kadarius has that ability to make people look silly, but he's always hurt. Uh, Part of the reason why is because of how he does that. Zay Flowers is not a guy who does it in, you know, a way that's going to just break down his body. And he's just got, you know, he doesn't have the injury history that Kadarius has. So Zay Flowers, to me, I'm looking at him as, you know, something that I kind of saw in Kadarius when he initially came out, which is why I brought him up. 
and Flowers is just looking ridiculous right now. So I moved him up a little bit, bumped up his target share. I only have his target share. I'll double check it real quick. His target share is only at 20% for me on the team, so nothing crazy. Um, and he's wide receiver 34 for me, but he's got good upside. He could either get more touchdowns than I have projected or just be more efficient than I'm projecting. And if that happens, he could break out and be like a wide receiver two, back-end wide receiver two, or, or great flex play, and then really pick up towards the end of the season and be great down the stretch when you need him most. Ramondre Stevenson, after the addition of Ezekiel Elliott, I took away some carries and some receiving work because Ramondre's not really an efficient receiving running back, neither is Zeke, but Zeke at this stage in his career is probably on par with what Ramondre is. Zeke used to be better, but at this point, they're probably about the same. So I had him taking a little bit of the receiving work, a little bit of the red zone touches and touchdowns, and just a few carries, not too much. I already had a lot put to, to the side for the other running backs in the room that Zeke will now take over. So for me, Ramadre went down from RB7, pretty big fall, to RB15. Brees Hall, with the addition of Dalvin Cook, shows that you know they're not 100% confident. Either they're not 100% confident or they just want the insurance because he is coming. Oh man, I don't know I'm yawning already. He is coming back from injury and obviously they're going to want to be careful with Brees Hall. So I think he's also, like Zay Flowers, you see this in rookie wide receivers a lot, but same thing with running backs that are coming back from injury. I think he'll pick up down the stretch when it matters most. He might not help you as much in the beginning of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if Dalvin Cook outtouches him over the course of the season and Hall just, you know, outtouches him towards the end of the season. But for me, Brees Hall moved down to RB20. Dalvin Cook is now finally got projections in because I, I had him ranked at about 33 or 34 with no projections, knowing he was going to sign eventually. Now he signed with the Jets. I put the projections in for him and, you know, redid that team. And Dalvin Cook is at RB32 for me right now. Then Alvin Kamara moved up to RB24 for me. He's looking um, really good, better than what I was expecting. He has been injured the past couple of years. That could play a factor into why I was feeling like we we're really starting to see signs of the age. Maybe it was really just the injuries and the age hasn't really hit him yet. And if that's the case, then he's going to be more efficient than what I was projecting. I had him at four yards per carry. I bumped him up to 4.5 and that moved him up a little bit because of that. He's my running back 24 now. And then last thing I want to say is some late round flyers for you to keep an eye on from the preseason. Tank Dell, Deuce Vaughn, and Trey Palmer for the Bucks. Those three guys, if you're in a super deep league and you've got a flyer pick, you know, Take a shot at one of those guys. I would say in order, I'd probably take my shot at Deuce Vaughn first, then Tank Dell, and then Trey Palmer. Now, with that said, we're going to go ahead and get into my wide receiver rankings. Don't want to get too crazy with it because I do want to see if we can get to through my top 24 since wide receiver is extremely deep and there's a lot to talk about after 24 for the next podcast, and I want to be able to do that in its entirety. So we're going to try and work through this. Cooper Cup is my wide receiver one. We're going to go by tiers. So my first tier of wide receivers is is four players. It's Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase. In terms of projections, Cooper Cup is projected the most for me because of his ridiculous target share. I have him at a 32% target share, highest target share I have for any player in the NFL in my projections. And that's pretty much on par with what he's been doing for the past couple of years with Stafford. So that's really why his projections bear him out as the number one guy. However, because of the risk coming back from injury, 
and Stafford not really being the most reliable person either. I am not going to be taking Cooper Cup as my number one. Projections bear him out that way. Justin Jefferson, who I take as number one, is ranked at number two for me. I've got him just under Cooper Cup at 181 targets, Cooper Cup at 191. I'm giving a 28% target share to Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins doesn't hone in on his top guy quite as much as some other quarterbacks, and also, Justin Jefferson just had Jordan Addison added to the roster, so I don't see why they would pass to Justin Jefferson more than they did last year with the addition of Jordan Addison. It might get more efficient because there's less pressure with a better wide receiver too, however, which is what Addison will be, not K.J. Osborne. But he's not going to get as many targets as Cooper Cup if they're both healthy. So that's why I've got Cooper Cup, you know, projections-wise above him. But I'll definitely take Justin Jefferson. He's younger. He doesn't, he's not coming off injury. He doesn't have a quarterback who gets injured all the time. So Justin Jefferson is definitely my 101 right now. Tyreek Hill is my wide receiver three. He's absolutely insane. He had 20.4 points per game last year. I got him at 20.9 points per game this year. Pretty much the same thing. Just a little bit better with Tua projected to play the whole season. Jamar Chase is my wide receiver four. However, I take him as my wide receiver two in drafts. So when I'm actually drafting my tiers, the order I draft these guys is Jefferson, Chase, Tyreek, then Cup. And the reason why I take Chase above Tyreek is because quarterback situation and the potential. I think Tyreek, we're kind of seeing, you know, all right, this is his, this is as good as he's going to get. Last year was the best year of his career, if I'm not mistaken, with Tua. And yes, it might get, like I said, a tiny bit better if Tua's healthy the whole time. But also the risk that Tua is not healthy is kind of scary. And there's some legal things, which I don't think it'll take effect this year. But there was some legal stuff with Tyreek that, you know, kind of nobody's really talked about and kind of got washed over, I guess. Um, But for me, I'd rather just take the younger talent and the better offense with the better quarterback and Jamar Chase since they're in the same tier for me. So I take Jamar Chase as my number two. I just think he's safer and also more likely to produce effectively if, you know, something were happen were to happen to his quarterback. If Joe Burrow was to go down, Jamar Chase is like the type of guy you're just going to throw the ball up to him and it's fine. Tyreek Hill, I think you need a quarterback that's a little bit more accurate because of his speed and the way that he separates and just his smaller stature, stuff like that. So that's why I take Chase above Tyreek. And then Cup is the last one I take in the tier just because of injury stuff. So that's my first tier. It's Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase. Then my next tier is three guys. It's going to be Garrett Wilson, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams. This is the order that I draft them in. So maybe a little hot takey that I take Garrett Wilson above Stephon Diggs, but that's what I see. And I'm very excited for Garrett Wilson this year. He is the first wide receiver that you will see with a highlighted background with the color behind him in my draft sheets indicating, and his name is in bold, indicating that he is one of my favorite players at value. And, you know, you're getting him in the middle of the second round. I have him as my wide receiver five. So I do think he is worth a borderline first round pick. And I have him ranked above guys that are being picked as such, like Stephon Diggs, for example. A.J. Brown, I have him ahead of him, for example. CeeDee Lamb, I have him ahead of him. So Garrett Wilson, for me, he's was able to produce so well with such garbage quarterback play. And I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers guy. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be you know, the Aaron Rodgers of old, but I do think he's an upgrade from that situation that Garrett Wilson was dealing with last year. And Elijah Moore is gone all of a sudden. 
And Garrett Wilson's just going to get that natural progression that a, a good rookie wide receiver gets from year one to year two in terms of target share. I've got Garrett Wilson at a 29% target share. I think his ceiling is 21.9 points per game. I did like a ceiling projection for him. I've got him projected at 19.2. If he hits his ceiling, his ceiling goes just as high, a little bit higher than what I have Justin Jefferson projected at right now, just under what Cooper Cup's projection is. Now, obviously, I don't have Justin Jefferson projected at his ceiling either, but it just goes to show you that Garrett Wilson does have that potential to finish as a wide receiver one, and therefore, I love him. He's a great pick. Also in the tier, Stephon Diggs. He's a pretty consistent guy. I don't really think there's much to say. He might be able to do a little bit better than last year considering Josh Allen had the problem with his elbow last year and he should be good to go now. So he might be able to push it down the field a little bit better, be a little bit more accurate. And Stephon Diggs might be a little bit better because of it. Um, I do think that Stephon Diggs is a good sell right now in Dynasty because I do think he is going to get close to that decline here pretty soon. Um, and they, they got Dalton Kincaid. They've got Gabriel Davis. They really just need, you know, one more weapon once they start seeing Diggs' decline and all of a sudden Diggs won't be needed the way he is right now. Then Devontae Adams is my wide receiver seven. I have him at 172 targets. I still think he's going to be ridiculous. He was very good last year. He's my second highest target share tied with Jamar Chase I've, or tied with uh, Tyreek Hill, not Jamar Chase at 30%. I've got him at 30%, him him and Tyreek at 30% target shares. And then another guy who we'll talk about in a little bit, CeeDee Lamb, is also at a 30% target share. But those are my guys at the top. And for me, Devontae Adams, I mean, he showed us no signs of slowing down. And he's a touchdown magnet, target magnet. So he's a great wide receiver. Nothing really bad to say. Then wide receiver eight starts the new tier. It's going to be Jalen Waddle to start the tier off for me. The tier ends with Jerry Judy who I absolutely love at value at 13. So this is a six-player tier of wide receivers. It's Jalen Waddell at 8, A.J. Brown at 9, CeeDee Lamb at 10, Amon Ross St. Brown at 11, Keenan Allen at 12, and Jerry Judy at 13. You can order these guys any way you want, and I'm not going to argue with you. Have them all projected pretty similarly. Um, There is a... Well, that's not even really true. There's a pretty big gap between Jerry Judy... And these other guys, so I, I mean, Jerry Judy is the definitely the bottom of the tier for me, but I have him in this tier instead of being at the top of the next because my wide receiver 14, Jerry Judy's 13. My wide receiver 14 is DeAndre Hopkins, who has a 11-point difference or a 12-point difference in projected fantasy finish, so it's kind of like a, a stark difference right there, so that's why I created the gap for the tier. And I think, you know, obviously Hopkins carries some risk. And then after that is DK, who's going to be an even bigger gap away from Judy. So Judy is the bottom of the tier for me. I wouldn't actually take him above any of these other guys, but he's a great value. And we'll talk about him. Jalen Waddell at eight. He's not going to get crazy targets. I did actually adjust him a little bit and and brought his targets uh, down just a little bit. I think I might have been a little bit too optimistic when I initially projected him giving him a 25% target share, expecting it to grow from last year. Um, so I, I put him down to 24. He was at about 23% last year. So he's, I still think he's going to get better and you know increase in his target share just because of how good of a player he is. However, and he was much better with Tua. However, I don't think it's going to be the degree I initially projected. So I moved him down. He was 
Still wide receiver eight for me, just I had him projected for a little bit more. Now he is going to be at the start of this tier. AJ Brown is wide receiver nine. For me, I, I like him a lot. One thing that worries me, or not not really worries me, he's gonna be a great pick, but the reason I'm not really drafting him and why I have him at nine instead of like six, five, six, or seven, like a lot of people, is because Devonta Smith came on strong. Devonta Smith started out targeting him towards the end of the season. Dallas Goddard was also out. So when, kind of like the 49ers, when A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard are all on the field together, how is this going? How is this math equation going to work out? I think A.J. Brown is not going to be the one to suffer. I think it's going to be Devonta Smith because Smith was the one who truly benefited from get Dallas Goddard being gone, which is why I have Devonta Smith a lot lower than most people and why I don't draft him anywhere. But A.J. Brown for me, wide receiver 9, C.D. Lamb at 10. I have him, like I said, tied for the second highest target share among any player in the NFL at 30%, tied with Tyreek Hill and tied with Devontae Adams. The only guys, the only guy above those guys is Cooper Cup for me at 32%. The reason that I have him this low despite that is because I don't expect the offense to pass a whole bunch, and I also don't expect it to be as good as it was last year, mainly because I think they're going to see a huge drop in total plays on offense. Kellen Moore, yes, remembered his name again. His name is always difficult for me to remember. I don't know why, but Kellen Moore, he likes to run a lot of plays, and he tries to keep it a little bit more fast-paced. That's not Mike McCarthy's thing. That's not what he's done. That's not what Mike McCarthy's history suggests. And therefore, I think that when I'm looking at the Cowboys, they're going to have about 100 plays less on offense. And obviously, that's going to hurt the players. So that's why I have CeeDee Lamb, despite at 30% target share, only getting 156 targets instead of, you know, what a lot of people might think that 30% target share should be, which would be about 170 for example, Devontae Adams at the same target share has 172 targets, Tyreek 176. So that's usually, you know, what that target share is going to get you in a normal passing offense, but not for the Cowboys. Wide receiver 11, Amon Ross St. Brown. He's going to be a very consistent, very reliable, good wide receiver for you. Ideally, he's a wide receiver too. You know, he's your wide receiver too if you can grab him at the back end of the second. But he's usually going a little bit higher than that. Therefore, I'm not really grabbing him anywhere. Keenan Allen, wide receiver 12 for me. Last wide receiver, one on the board. Got him at 152 targets. He's been pretty consistent. Sometimes people are worried about his injury. Guys, that was a long time ago that he had to deal with injuries over and over and over. So, I mean, you're looking at the guy and he's he's solid. I mean, five, I think four or five of the last five or six years, he has been pretty much 100% healthy. So I like him a lot. The offense is getting better. They're going to run a lot of plays just like last year. They're going to pass the most, the majority of the time, just like last year. And they didn't even like bring in another running back despite Eckler getting older and having contract stuff going on. They didn't even bring in another guy. So they're probably going to be just passing all over the place. Jerry Judy at wide receiver 13 for me. When I'm looking at Jerry Judy, I only have him at 136 targets okay this is the lowest targets that i have for anybody that we've talked about so far and the next person i have deandre hopkins i have him for more targets than jerry judy i just expect jerry judy to be efficient effective with what he's getting i have him at a 24 percent target share if he gets more which he could he had a 27 percent target share last year after the dulcich breakout 
Now, granted, everybody was not healthy, and I understand that, and that's why I'm not projecting a 27% target share for Jerry Judy, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if that's what he grabbed. And if he garnered that, then he would be even better than what I haven't projected at. So he does have room to grow, despite my extremely aggressive ranking, having Jerry Judy at 13, probably the highest ranking of Jerry Judy you will see among any expert, you know, board or anything like that. So you could go to like Fantasy Pros where they have all the experts rankings. I need to get my rankings into there, um, actually. Um, but because I've, I've put my rankings on Fantasy Pros before, I need to do that and compare myself to the rest of the experts when the season's over. However, I will say it's nice that you can go check a player and see what their highest ranking is by an expert and who did it and what their lowest ranking is and what their average is. And so Jerry Judy, I probably have him higher than anybody else at 13. Now that starts the next tier. The next tier is going to start with wide receiver 14, DeAndre Hopkins. It's not too big, six players. DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf at 15, T. Higgins at 16, Mike Williams at 17, one of my favorite guys to draft. So far, my favorite at value wide receivers that I'm drafting the most of is Garrett Wilson, Jerry, Jerry Judy, and now Mike Williams in this tier. He is my wide receiver 17. Then it continues, wide receiver 18, Chris Godwin, wide receiver 19, Amari Cooper. So those are my wide receivers here. DeAndre Hopkins, especially now with the Burks injury, this is where I had him before Burks got injured because it's only for four games. I'm not going to really adjust Hopkins, um, his projection. I'm just going to wait and see what happens with his injury for Burks. Hopkins has still got it. He's still good. I don't I don't think he's going to be as efficient. I do think his efficiency is going to start going down a little bit, and I, I do see that in my projections. However, he's still going to be very good, and he's going to get a whole bunch of targets, a buttload of targets. I've got him at a 27% target share. He has not had less than that pretty much since he's come into the league after he broke out, I think, which was his sophomore. I think it was his sophomore year. Um, DK Metcalf at 15. A lot of people start talking about, you know, everybody is not hurting DK and they're hurting Tyler Lockett because of the addition of JSN. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, people are, are disproportionately bringing Tyler Lockett down in the rankings because of JSN only because Tyler Lockett's the older guy. Why is it not being done to DK Metcalf? DK Metcalf has not outproduced Tyler Lockett. Lockett's been better than him. And so why all of a sudden is Tyler Lockett the one that's going to get hurt by JSN? Well, I can give you the answer and I can tell you why I projected it that way. I didn't hurt DK too much, a little bit, but not too much from the JSN Edition. So you could say I'm kind of bullish on DK. I, I have not drafted him anywhere, despite as many mock drafts as I, as I have done, because I don't like his value. But I do think that he will not be affected the same way Tyler Lockett will, because JSN is, we're projecting him to play in the slot. Well, between DK and Tyler Lockett, when they were utilizing the slot, the guy who was in the slot was Tyler Lockett. So if JSN is taking the slot role, which I don't think he's going to just kick Tyler Lockett off the field. But if he's taking that slot role and can do something that predominantly was done by Tyler Lockett, I think Lockett's going to be the one who gets hurt more than DK. So it's just pretty easy logic for me. Now, after DK, I've got T. Higgins at 16. Really not too much to say on him. I mean, he's I, I've got him ranked pretty much where everybody has him ranked and everybody agrees. 
I don't really like this area of the draft that T. Higgins goes in for wide receivers. He goes at the back end of the second, top end of the third. Same with DK. I'm not grabbing T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, Chris Olave. Those guys, I'm not grabbing them in this range. I, I'm just not. I'd rather take the running backs in this range or a tight end or even a quarterback. If, oh man, if Fields, Mahomes, or not Fields, sorry, if Hurts, Mahomes, or Allen are there in the third, I'd rather take them than a wide receiver two on a team just because that, that upside is limited. Mike Williams at 17, I love him. I take him everywhere. Oh, Brandon, you just said something about wide receiver two. Well, the difference is Mike Williams is a wide receiver two on an offense that passes a lot, just like T. Higgins, has a great quarterback, just like T. Higgins, but Mike Williams is not going in the third round at the or the back of the second. Mike Williams is going in the seventh round. It's ridiculous. He's one of the wide receivers that I'm always grabbing there because it's just ridiculous. Um, I got him at only 119 targets. Now, this is the lowest by far that I, that I have. The next time I have somebody projected under 128 targets, nobody has been projected under 128 to this point except for Mike Williams. He's at 119. The next person that I have under 128 is Devo Samuel, who I have all the way down at wide receiver 21 at 119 targets. So Mike Williams, he could get more targets than I'm projecting, but I'm not even projecting that many targets. It's more about efficiency, touchdowns. That's what he does. And when he's healthy, he's a beast. Last year, he kind of had a portion of the season where he was healthy, a portion where he wasn't. Well, if you're looking at the portion, er, and, and with Herbert mainly, I mean, when Herbert was healthy before Herbert messed up his ribs, I think it was, um, which, you know, limited his ability to go downfield. That hurt Mike Williams a lot. Before that, Mike Williams was a stud. And I think that's what we're going to look be looking back at this year. Chris Godwin at wide receiver 18. People are overrating how bad the Bucks quarterback situation is going to be. And I'm saying that as a Bucks fan, that is never, never biased towards the Bucks. And you know that if you've been listening to my, my podcasts in the past, I don't think Mayfield's the answer by any means. I don't think he's going to take us to the playoffs, anything like that. I do think that we are going to pass the ball enough to allow for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, who are going to be targeted by Baker Mayfield more than they were by Brady, because Brady is an intellectual, very smart, very good at processing, going through his reads quickly, getting the ball to the open guy. Best we've ever seen at that. That causes elite players, guys who a lot of times have crazy ridiculous target shares to not have as crazy of a target share because, hey, when they're not open, Brady's not going to force it to him. He's going to find the next guy. Well, Baker's not that. Baker is more of your traditional quarterback who throws the ball a whole bunch to players that are really good. And so Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're both going to have very nice target shares this year. Chris Godwin at 18 for me. Amari Cooper at 19. I don't think he he's going downhill yet. He's the number one target for Deshaun Watson. Hopefully Deshaun Watson gets better. I have Amari Cooper at 1,200 yards, 83 receptions, 138 targets. That ends that tier. So we're four tiers in now. We've got that first tier of Cup Jefferson, Tyreek Chase. Then we've got Garrett Wilson, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams. Then we've got Jalen Waddell, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb. That's my top 10. Amon Ross St. Brown, Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy. Then the last tier, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, Mike Williams at 17, Chris Godwin, and Amari Cooper. So to kick off wide receiver 20 for me and to start a new tier of five players, it's Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown at 20, 21 is Debo Samuel, 22 is Devonta Smith, 
23 is Deontay Johnson, and 24 is Terry McLaurin. So when I'm looking at these guys, there's two of them that I'm drafting a lot of. Marquise Brown, because he's going around the seventh round, and Deontay Johnson, who's also going around the seventh round. So you're seeing a theme here. Mike Williams, Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson, they're all in that six to eight round range, and I absolutely love them all. I'm coming out of most drafts with two of the three of them on the same team. So, and we'll see what happens today in, in our mock from the three spot. We'll see if that happens again. Mike Williams, or uh, sorry, Marquise Brown for me, he was a top 12 wide receiver while DeAndre Hopkins was suspended last year. Now, we might not think the quarterback play is going to be as good, but DeAndre Hopkins is gone. And I'm expecting Marquise Brown to get a lot of targets. I have him at 145 targets, just over 1,000 yards. I think he's going to be a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. He's not going to be as explosive. I've got him at 95 receptions. I'm very excited to see what Marquise Brown can do. If he was a top 12 wide receiver last year without Hopkins, well, Hopkins is gone now, and we're ranking him outside of the top 30 wide receivers. That's That makes no sense. It's not logical. I have him at wide receiver 20. That's where I'm taking him. Got him all over the place. Wide receiver 21, Debo Samuel. I do have him above Ayuk mainly just because of the rushing that I think Debo is going to have still. I only have him for 240 rushing yards, okay? Nothing crazy. 40 rushing attempts for 240 rushing yards. That's the really the big difference between him and Ayuk for me. Devonta Smith, wide receiver 22. He is going to get hurt straight up. He's going to get hurt by Dallas Goddard coming back. Deontay Johnson at 23 for me, another one of the guys that I'm drafting all over the place. He gets open. He's a freak. You see it in the preseason games. He already was getting hyper-targeted, it seems like, almost, by Pickett until, you know, they stopped playing in the game. But Deontay Johnson, I mean, he's open. Boom. Hit him. Hit him eight yards. Oh, he's open again. Next play, another eight yards. Oh, he's open the next play, another 10 yards. He had no touchdowns last year. That's going to change, especially with his target share. I have Deontay Johnson's target share being 26%. He's one of my favorite at value to draft. Then I have Terry McLaurin at 24. That's going to round out what we're talking about today in the wide receivers. We'll talk about the rest after, which will kick off at wide receiver 25 with somebody I love drafting. I draft them everywhere. But Terry McLaurin, my wide receiver, 24. Don't really have many shares of him in redraft this year. I've got him at 118 targets, 76 receptions, 1,266 yards, and five touchdowns. If the touchdowns change and bounce his way, then he'll, he could you know, be much better. And I don't think Terry McLaurin is a bad pick by any means. There's just, in his range of the draft, guys that I like over him, uh, especially at you know other positions. With that said... That is the, the wide receivers, and once we come back after this quick little break, we're going to do a mock draft from the three spot. See you in a second. All right, guys, welcome back, and we're going to run through this real quick from the three spot. Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey off the board. I'm going to take my wide receiver two in terms of how I actually draft it. Jamar Chase, he's going to give us plus 1.1. Value over replacement. Like I said, he is my wide receiver four, but he gives more safety than Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill. And I want to explore once again the elite wide receiver and a chance at either another wide receiver or a tight end. I'm hoping one of these two players will make it back to us, Garrett Wilson or Mark Andrews. And I'm doing this on sleeper. It goes through really quickly. I have CPU auto, auto picking all the picks. So once I make my pick, it's pretty much my turn 
right after. Now, looking at wide receiver, or my my second round pick, Garrett Wilson is gone, but Mark Andrews is here. He is my tight end too. I'm choosing between him or Jalen Hurts. I would much rather the tight end advantage and see if I can get somebody in the same tier as Hurts, like Lamar or Fields for me, a little bit later. So Mark Andrews, I'm going to take who's in his own tier. Here, he's going to give us plus 3.4 VORP. It's just ridiculous. I mean, he could possibly be the tight end one, and if not, it's fine, because even as a tight end two, he's going to score so much more than the other guys. I'm not a fan of the people in this range like Chris Olave, T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, and neither am I a fan of the running backs. Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, those guys are no-goes for me. So Mark Andrews, I love him here. Pair him with Jamar Chase, and I know I can get some good running backs coming up. Now, right after, because I'm on the two-three turn, because I had the first round, the uh, you know first round pick at the top of the the first round, I had number three. So I'm at the two-three turn. So I took Andrews, and then coming back to me in a few picks, I'm gonna take Jameer Gibbs. He's my running back five. I have the most aggressive ranking of Jameer Gibbs in the industry right now. Jerry Judy and Jameer Gibbs are two of those players that I have the most aggressive ranking for. Mike Williams is another close one, um, and Juju Smith-Schuster is another one too. So. Those are, you know, some guys that I have a lot of shares of. Looking at uh, looking at Gibbs, I think he can give McCaffrey a run for his money. If McCaffrey misses a game or two, I think maybe Gibbs could surpass him in terms of targets or receptions on the year. Now, I don't think it's actually going to happen. Um, I'm not projecting it. I actually have, looking at my projections, I have Christian McCaffrey at 109 targets. I have Jameer Gibbs at 102. So, you know, not crazy far apart but I just look at that offense and who are they throwing the ball to I mean they've got Amon Ross St. Brown a rookie tight end Jamison Williams who not only is suspended but also just got hurt and has still never done anything on the NFL field like anything worthwhile so for me I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be the number two target I think we're going to kind of have between honestly I think a good comp for this Lions offense is the old Saints offense Amon Ross St. Brown is Michael Thomas, and Jameer Gibbs is Alvin Kamara. That is what I see this year, and that is why Jameer Gibbs is my running back five. So I'm taking him here in the third round. Nobody else is in contention at this at this spot. Now, it comes back to me. Now we're at going to be looking at the 4-5 turn. I'm struggling to choose between Justin Fields and Miles Sanders, but I am going to take Justin Fields because Lamar's already off the board. That leaves Justin Fields as the only quarterback left in my first tier of guys, and I think it's less likely he makes it back to me than Miles Sanders, who I want. But if Miles Sanders gets taken, it's fine. I've got other guys that I like that I have in the same tier as him, like Dobbins and Connor, that I can get you know, at this pick if I wanted, or I could wait, which is probably what I would try to do. So I take Justin Fields, and then we'll see if Miles Sanders gets back to me, and he does. So Justin Fields gives us plus 1.4 as quarterback. Also, going back to Jameer Gibbs, as my running back one, he gives us plus 0.7. So Miles Sanders, as my running back two, is who I'm taking here at the fifth round spot because he did make it back to me. That's going to be plus 2.4 in value over replacement now. So we're starting to build a good team because we had an even distribution of the uh, the positions at the top of the draft. We went tight end, wide receiver, running back, quarterback. So we've got one of all four positions in the first four rounds. We're not going to have any negatives anywhere. Um, we might, but it's not going to be anything drastic because we didn't lean super heavily into one position over another. So Justin Fields plus 1.4, Miles Sanders plus 2.4. 
it was either him or Jerry Judy, but you guys know I like a lot of the wide receivers. In the area of the sixth round, all the way to the tenth round. So for me, um, Miles Sanders is going to be the pick here, my wide or my running back too. Damian Pierce and Alexander Madison went right before Miles Sanders. There's no way I'm taking those guys over him. I have him as my running back eight. Damian Pierce is my running back seventeen, and uh, the other guy that went in front of him, Alexander Madison, is my wide or my running back twenty six. <laughs> so I think it's kind of silly that some of these guys are going over Miles Sanders. And the fact that you can get Miles Sanders in the fifth round when he is a top 10 running back for me in my projections, and he's not playing in the preseason right now, guys. Hint, 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 hint. He is not playing in the preseason. He is new to the team. There is a new coaching staff. He just signed there. And they're not playing him in the preseason. That means he is the integral key kaga in their offense that they are planning on just leaning on. And they have a rookie quarterback, no superstar wide receiver, so it makes sense that that's what they want to do. That's what I've been projecting. I've got him for a lot of carries, 285. I've got him for like the sixth most carries in the league. He's not with the Eagles anymore, and he's not in the split backfield anymore. He owns the backfield he's in. He's on a team that is very good run blocking compared to pass blocking. He's trying to help out a rookie quarterback. He will be used to help a rookie quarterback not make too many mistakes and be able to have a strong run game. So I really like my Miles Sanders. Then in the sixth round, I've got uh, James Conner, Javante on the board at running back that I like, Deontay Johnson, Mike Williams, Marquise Brown, Mike Evans, Jordan Addison, and Jahan Dotson at wide receiver that I like. I'm going to take James Conner as my running back three, secure the position, don't have to worry about it for a while. He could be my flex. He's a very good flex. And if something happens to Sanders or Gibbs, or if I miss on one of them, I've got a very good running back too. James Conner gives us plus 2.3 in the flex spot. And I went with the more scarce position because it was just Conner and Javante were the only running backs I liked left. So anywhere near this range of the draft, so I took one of them. Now in the seventh round, Deontay Johnson is available for me. I'm going to pounce on that. It's a crazy value. I'm going to get minus 0.6 value over replacement, but because he is a he's acting as my wide receiver too, and I have him as my wide receiver 23. So basically, the one of the worst wide receiver twos. So that's why it is a negative at that spot. However, given what we have everywhere else, I am very happy with this. Deontay Johnson, when the Steelers were on the field in preseason. Pickett went to him straight away, and he had so much separation. He's a great separator, great route runner, very reliable, very consistent. Game to game, I feel confident that I will get you know, a baseline 10 points from him. And he's also got positive touchdown regression coming, meaning he had zero touchdowns last year. That's going to improve, especially with how many targets he gets. Now, in the eighth round, I'm going to take Zay Flowers. It's between him and Juju Smith-Schuster for me, but I understand my team build, and I have a safe, reliable wide receiver too who's consistent already in Deontay Johnson and, and plays that slot role already in Deontay Johnson. So I don't need Juju as much as I want an explosive upside shot. And so that's why I'm going to get Zay Flowers. Also, if Juju makes it back, cool. And he does. So Juju is now going to be my wide receiver four, who, if all else fails, can be my wide receiver too, easily, or at least be a flex. He So he makes it back to me. He's a safe 12 points when I'm looking at Juju and PPR. I think, you know, you're pretty, pretty much every week you're looking at 5 for 50, 6 for 60, something like that. And then some weeks he'll get a touchdown, which will be awesome. And then lastly, my last pick 
is going to be Roshan Johnson in the 10th round. And he's my running back four on this roster. He could take over the backfield. Very excited to see what he can do. He looks good in limited time. He's a good pass blocker. That's something that Chicago prioritizes. And, you know, that should get him on the field. I think he could take over be very good. The value of replacement for this roster is 10.7, one of my best ones yet. I love drafting here because I get better odds at Andrews. Andrews might be my favorite second-round pick towards the back end of the second. But sometimes he doesn't make it all the way to the end, so that's why I kind of like the 103-105 range, you know, picking at the 3, 4, or 5 spot because he's pretty much always going to be there for me in that range of the second round. And then it allows me to be in a prime spot to get Jameer Gibbs at the top of the third because nobody else is taking him as high as me, and it guarantees I get him there instead of being at the back end of the third and being nervous that he doesn't make it to me. So that's why I really like this area of the draft. I, I like going an elite wide receiver between Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, and then getting Andrews if I can, or um, either Andrews, because this is the nice thing, right? Either Andrews in the second round, and then I'm set at tight end, and then getting like Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson in the fourth, and then it's butter after that, or if I miss out on Andrews, somebody is higher on him, reaches on him or something. It's not really a reach, but if somebody takes him at the top of the second, and he's not there for me, I don't like the wide receivers in that range, not a huge fan on the running backs in that range other than Gibbs, who I could just get off the turn in my third round. So what I'll usually do there at that point is take one of the elite quarterbacks, and then my my tight end will be Darren Waller when I'm at the the turn in the back end of the fifth or in the top end, or the back end of the fifth? The top end of the fifth or the back end of the sixth round. I'll be looking at Darren Waller there as my my tight end with the elite quarterback instead of the other way around so for me i like this area a lot it's just it's a prime spot to get guys that i like with that said that is the podcast i appreciate you guys listening till next time drop a rating drop a review football is here let's go bye